The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Nathaniel James and Michael Wandry. Hi, guys! Hello! Hiya! <laughs> well, I don't know about these guys, but I'm a little excited because the 49ers won 41 to 17. Yay! Woo! Woo! <laughs> It was awesome. I'm still uh, speechless because that wasn't what I expected when I watch the game on Sunday. I know, I totally did not expect this blowout of a game, but man was that I fun! from my perspective, yeah, totally blown away by, by the victory. I think it, it, was, it was good, because even when, when I was watching, I always watch the lead-up to when, you, you know, you're watching the, um, the games that come on at 6 o'clock, and I always watch the lead-up, like the game day morning. They all rated, there was, there was only one guy that was a lone wolf, where he didn't you know, estimated that we would win, but the rest of them thought we'd we'd be, you know, yeah, blown blown out by by them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very good. And I gotta say, for me, and I know Lisa Watson agrees with me, don't you, girl? Uh, did Jimmy Garoppolo look polished? He was seventeen for twenty five, two hundred ninety seven yards, three touchdowns, one interception. We got to work on that. But a one thirty one point two passer rating. Boy, did he look sharp. Did he look confident? And doesn't it seem like he knows what his body can do? I think, yeah, really. To, to me, because um, there's always been this criticism, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Since even from preseason up until, you know, even week one. Yes, we, it wasn't the best best game for, for him. But with, with regards to, to, to that as such. But, but it, it, was, it was good to actually see him, you know, and for me, it reminded me very much as to you know how he performed in when when he first came over to, came over to us from New England. So yeah, I, I thought it was really really positive. There was that interception, um, bit 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 one of those things you think oh, funny. but it was no, it was it was really good to to watch. And um, yeah, he, he played he played a heck of a game. I think it was an awesome game, and if we keep winning, he can keep his three to one ratio uh, with touchdowns and interceptions. But but there's one kink in his game. Uh, Dante, Dante Pettis has one hundred percent accuracy, and he he is not that good. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not as a quarterback. I mean, he did come away with a one eighteen point eight passer rating. Not bad. <laughs> and that was not a play I expected to see out of a Shanahan scheme. I don't remember the Falcons doing trick plays like that. Do no. you guys? No, no. But, you know, granted, this this is a Niner show, not a Falcon show, so we're not going to be in-depth on the Falcons there. <laughs> uh, and I am tickled pink that Matt Breda had the the day that he had 12 for 20 uh, 12 rushes for 121 yards 10 yard average long of 34 that was phenomenal it was just so good to see those holes being created in the offensive line 
guys, take it away. What do you think? I think uh, this game and most game last season, I think Matt Breeder showed who's our number one on running back. Uh, that that guy can ball and he's undrafted, uh, unlike uh, Tevin Coleman or Jed McKinnon. So that guy really can ball. Well, I think I said it last week. He was our workhorse all of last year, and he's just proven he still is that workhorse. And that you know that moves those moves that he was making those you know kind of um, almost I want to say fakes, isn't it? In a sense where he faked the guy totally out of you know it was just. The runs that he was making, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I think for me, what I really, really liked was Garoppolo. Obviously, he is our quarterback. We, you know, we, we want to for him to make those, you know, good good plays and and make those passes. But I, I think what was good, what was what I think, you know, even the um, the commentary that, that the people picked up on was that both, you know, all three of them, Mostar, uh, Breeder. And uh, Wilson, um, they they took um, the pressure off of Jimmy um, and made some really really big plays. Um, I mean, even Mostar had, you know, thirty for eighty three yards. Um, I know he didn't have any touchdowns, but it was still it was a lot. There was a lot of yardage that he he covered, um, and even Wilson did did well um, with with him having you know sort of two touchdowns. And I, think about that. Oh yeah, yeah, brilliant. I know. I, I have never been a fan of the running back by committee, but this combination works for me because everybody made progress, however incremental it was. You know, the offensive line was opening up those holes so that they could push through. And, oh, we got to throw the ball a few times, too. Again, by committee, but look at this. Kittle, three for 54. His long was 36. That's my boy. Debo, 5 for 87, 17.4 yard average and a long of 39. He had one of our touchdowns. Juszczyk got a catch. Bourne got a catch. Breda got a catch. James got a catch. I mean, all these guys. Goodwin got three. Mostert got three. You know, you've, you've got all this mix-up going in, in different looks and different plays and everybody's getting to touch the ball and it's like working and it's so exciting. I'm a little excited, guys. <laughs> I think one thing that I picked up on was, you know, I kind of believe that even when, when they were building up to this, I think the first um, two teams with regards to, um, you know, even when we played the Buccaneers and even playing, you know, the um, Cincinnati, you, you, both both teams have, have thought, have kind of recognised that Kittle was going to be the, the main guy for us in a sense. And I think in both games, they were covering him quite quite well but when 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 Carl was calling the plays and actually not not doing as much for Kittle I know obviously he did you know he, he had a long of 36 but he didn't do as I think he's not as prominent as, as what what he was you know last year um which which is really really interesting but it shakes it all up for you know the other guys so yeah all in all, it's, it's good that we're, we're not relying on just that one person. Well, and the fact that these other guys are also catching the ball, which had been an issue last year, remember, we had a lot of drop passes, and in previous years, um, by them ca- actually making those catches, whether it be one or be five, that's just going to 
take a little bit of the stress off of Kittle and they're going to stop double teaming him at some point because they're not going to know who to cover. Yeah, and it makes uh, the game uh, even less readable. I, I mean, we had eight different targets. Um, last year, we mostly had two or three different targets and mostly Kittle. And that that makes it so much harder for defenses to counter uh, plays. And that's how we want to play. Because that was exciting. I, I was digging that game. I am I can't wait for this weekend, let me tell you. Now, I, I, I want to back up and be, you know, a little level-headed. This is the Bengals. You know, it's not like we're playing the Patriots, who have been the elite team for the last few years. Um, but I think this kind of performance is what we, the fan base, needs to see. Because we knew it was there, we just needed to see that execution. It's the first 40-point game that we've had since Harbaugh, which, I mean, does that not get you hyped up enough to think that, you know, the last time that we, we, we had there, you know, it, it's just, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 maybe not this year, and that's okay, but... But I really have to say, I was a bit surprised. Um, you said it's only the Bengals, but if you uh, watched what they did against Seattle and what they did against us, it was a 180-degree turn. Uh, so I really expected a, sh- uh, uh, a narrow game, uh, 24-21. Yeah. Not that domination. Uh, I think the Bengals... Uh, First of all, they they lost both starting tackles before the game, so uh, Bosa and Ford had it really easy against uh, two backups. Uh, n- not uh, saying uh, that we didn't deserve the victory, but there were a lot of factors that uh, helped us too. Well, and that's why they play the game. Yeah. You know? And can I just sort of say, um, I just want to, obviously we had a message prior to um Kind of going on. I know um, Jason Argo's daughter listens to the uh, podcast as well. About uh, and she's a she's a keen Bengals fan. So I'm really really sorry that we have kind of uh, talked about your team a little bit. But I, I'm sure hopefully things will improve when you know you get AJ Green back. And you know maybe as I say, there's just going to be a lot of work that's just going to need to happen. So. Apologies to uh, Jason's daughter. <laughs> wish you well. But this is a Niner podcast, so we're going to talk about the Niners. Sorry. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing worse than a house divided, isn't it, Jason? <laughs> we're just on a, a massive high. I mean, let's face it. We, we haven't been 2 and 0 in how long? Mm, two, 2012. Uh, yeah. Twelve, yeah. I, I knew someone had said it, and I just forgot to write it down. <laughs> so, I, we limited the Bengals to 25 rushing yards. Mixon was held to 17 on 11 attempts. <sighs> Our defense, what can we say? That the defense is, is, is playing like monsters. The whole defense. Um, the Yeah, the... the most impressive player for me for that game uh, in particular was Juan uh, Alexander, uh, who uh, silenced some doubters, I think. 
but that that front seven in general uh, really really is one of the best in the league, I think, and it, it helps the backfield. I mean, we doubled our interception rate from 2018 already in two games. So, oh yeah, <laughs> that. Well, we beat it the first game. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, and that that really helps the backfield that the front seven uh, is playing that well. Well, in the D line, getting the pressure to the quarterback, something we have not seen in a long time. That was truly, truly refreshing. And I think, obviously, uh, we've spoken about um, Sherman. Um, he's that's the he's had the eighty one point six. Uh, PFF rating, which is the highest he's had with the Niners, which kind of says it all. The other people, the other person I was hoping that we'd see more of was the other cornerback. Um, I, I hope that we we would see something more from because did, did did anybody see Verrett play during? Because I, I I thought he was supposed to be fit for the game. I didn't really see see much of him though. Did, did anybody else? No. He was uh, was named inactive uh, shortly before the game. Oh, what a shame! Well, we had that going on with Bosa too, right up until game time, whether or not he would be playing. I, I think that that uh, masquerade is not for us, for the fans. I think that that's more for for the other team. Because, it's a little misdirection yeah, for the opposing team. Yeah, because if, mm. you, if you think the whole week Bosa can't play, you may game plan a bit a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I think these shadow games are mostly for the other team. <laughs> Tricky. So what do you guys think? Are we um, beginning to see the, the start of something great for this I, organization? I think, yeah, we actually are. I think we, we've, you know, I, I said to my, my wife the other day and I was shouting the whole, um, the whole street probably had me. Um, on, on Sunday, um, with regards to <laughs> chewing on the Niners and everything, but I, I think yeah, we, we're starting to see something that's really has has developed, and it was you know it, it was good. I think defensively, initially we did struggle a little bit, but it, it kind of picked up towards the the later part of the game because um, offensively we were doing things as well, so it it, it was good, but. I, yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's it's showing that we, we, you know, we're not we're not just a, a a team that you know people have kind of written off and everything. And I don't think you know, I think that we're obviously we're still very early on in the season. We have still got a long way way to go. I, I was a bit. Um, there's one thing that the the, the, the sour the, probably that the most negative things and the sour moments for me were um, a we lost um, uh, the Joe show. Uh, Mr. Staley. Yeah. And I, I think there were times where I thought, come on, can we please sort out the penalties? Because we are still, you know, giving away e- easy penalties. I mean, I'm not taking away the positives from the game. There were a lot of positives. But there were certain things where I thought, really could have done without, you know, the the, the, the unforgiveness, mm-hmm. those penalties, which the game was that, that, that discipline. And I think that's something that needs to kind of be instilled and it needs to continue. So, following on from what uh, Deepak mentioned last week, you know, take names and kick butts. Come on, Shanahan, we need that from you. We need to, to do that. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I feel like there were fewer penalties this game than the previous game, 
although the penalties we had are still concerning, only because they were stupid. Yeah, which is the, that's the thing, isn't it? And it's the thing that can be avoided. But yet, all in all, in, in comparison to the, the first, I, I think we are seeing something special. And let, let it let it long continue. Michael, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm uh, at the moment. I'm just happy we're two and zero. I can't say where where we are going. Um, I th- I think uh, I think we will finish nine and seven, but that's uh, the German pessimism. <laughs> um, but uh, at the moment, everything looks great. I mean. These five hundred, uh, more than five hundred yard uh, total yards, uh, were the first game with such high yardage since I think two thousand six. So um, we're definitely on a good way. But a bit, I'm a bit shocked. I just uh, saw that we had nine penalties for seventy five yards. The Bengals had seven penalties for only sixty <laughs> yards. Uh, when I watched the game, I I had the feeling that. Every run play uh, was called back with a holding uh, from from the Bengals. So I expected more yardage there. That's what their seven penalties were. That was it. Was all that right? <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa had also talked about um, in the in the group about the confidence that you know we talked about Jimmy G gaining his confidence again, um, but she also mentioned uh, Marquise Goodwin. Do you think this game is a turning point for him and, and bring his confidence back? I I personally think that Goodwin had a lot of things to contend with last year, which probably had an impact on the way he was playing. Um, you know, a lot of difficulties with you know, um, but now that you know, obviously personal difficulties, yeah, yeah, personal difficulties, and I'm not going to go into because we talked about that last year and everything, but it you know it's going to have an impact on how how well you do and how how. Well, well, you hold yourself even with things that are happening away from the game. These guys are human, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not, you know, they're not superheroes. They are, they are only human, like any of us and everything. So, I, I think, yeah, I think that, you know, that game did did help because you were, you know, it was obviously that first play. It was drawn up so incredibly correct, wasn't it? It was something that was done on a practice field that Shanahan had run through, and even Goodwin stated. You know, yeah, we practiced it a lot when we were playing and everything, and it just so happened that, you know, and even Jimmy was like, yeah, I knew where to throw it because I could, I could do it. And even prior to it being a touchdown, the, the, the commentator was like, touchdown. <laughs> even you, you just knew it was happening. You just knew it was, it was there. So, I was running around yeah, the house was... going, keys, 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 keys. <laughs> Don't talk about oh. that play. We had a viewing party from the Niner Empire Germany, and exactly at that play, uh, the hardware didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the only touchdown we didn't see live. <laughs> oh, only on, on, only on our mobiles. Oh, <laughs> heartbreaking! Oh, oh, the I'm funny so sorry. Thing was, the, the the tone was working, but the picture wasn't working. So we heard this <laughs> you heard touchdown. Uh, the, what you said, the guy said touchdown before it happened, and then they cheered touchdown. We heard it, but we couldn't see it. <laughs> oh no, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> but oh. I, I think uh, there's uh, 
something hel helping Keys too. Last year he was basically our number one uh, wide receiver, and he definitely is not the number one. We all know that. And that I think he knows that uh, either uh, Debo Samuel or Dante Pettis will take this burden off him, and he can play much uh, freer than before. And if that's the case, and this is what we're going to get, I'm okay with that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm looking forward to Jalen Hurd returning back back to back to the play and seeing what he can really, really do. Because I think even in the preseason, he played quite well. So I, I think it's open to interpretation who's going to be our, you know, our, our leading uh, re receiver. I think honest we're just as long as we you know we, we have more games where we're playing well as a team and i think yeah who knows really it's open to interpretation true <laughs> <laughs> and and we won't really know until he actually gets out there and we'll see what he can do so uh richard burley richard you silly boy how much of a concern is there for robbie gold given that he missed a field goal um, we're being facetious. I don't think we're really that concerned, are we, guys? <laughs> no, I think the Niners just brought the uh, answer today uh, with uh, waving uh, Colin Holba and getting a new long snapper. So I think the problem was the long snaps. Interesting. I hadn't run into that yet. Um, well, let's see. The group... Oh, I'm sorry, Nathaniel. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a real concern, to be honest. I think it's more... <laughs> more of he's human and he's gonna miss yeah sometimes, sometimes it happens it's i mean it is a hard game it's not you know it's i certainly couldn't play it what? i'll talk about it <laughs> you, you you say the feet of gold are human i, I always had in, in the same category than santa claus and the easter bunny <laughs> I was thinking more like, uh, you know, one of the Anderson kickers, but, you know, whatever. Um, or Adam Vinatieri, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think we're serious about that question. It was just, I thought it was cute and wanted to include it. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Deepak, our home opener is against the declining Pittsburgh Steelers. How winnable is this game? I think it's going to be a hard game, to be honest. I think we there were... There were, I watched a little bit of the Steelers and the Seahawks game. Um, the defense, the the, the, the defense um, has been attacked from the, the left, um, which you know, with no Staley, makes it a vulnerability. So that puts pressure on Jimmy getting rid of the ball sooner. So, and I only saw two or three plays like that, but it was still there was still um pressure being put on uh, Wilson to, to do something with the ball. So, and, and I think, you know, offensively that they're, they're quite, quite, they've got quite a good scheme. Um, they've got uh, Mason Rudolph, haven't they? And he, he was, even though he's not been very prominent as a quarterback for the team, because obviously they lost Roethlisberger with the um, Big Ben with the uh, shoulder injury. I think, as I say, your backup is that person that's going to carry and hold hold the team. We've, we've had, you know, luck in terms of having CJ and also Matt Mullins. 
but I think I think he'll be just as ready as Big Ben will be. So I personally think it's going to be quite a challenging game. I think it's going to be quite difficult. Um, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, but I think I think you've got home home you know home team advantage, home home crowd advantage. So we'll just any given Sunday. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I think it will be a close game, but uh, I think uh, last week uh, Rudolph was in an advantage. He hadn't ti didn't have time to think about the game. Now he will think the whole week about his first start. I don't think that he won't be in there that easy going like against the Seahawks. And he looked better than Big Ben in the Seahawks game. But, yeah, as you said, the, the greatest problem we will have will be that uh, left tackle uh, position uh, because I don't think uh, that anyone can replace uh, Joe Staley at the moment. And it will be very hard for Stuhl to replace him there. Well, and that's, that goes to your question, um, Michael. Should we get Whitworth or go to school, or should we trade for Trent Williams? Um, <laughs> you have me there. Um, ha -ha. Yeah, I, uh -huh. I think uh, <laughs> Trent Williams, uh, from, from the name her, Trent Williams or Whitworth should be should be a safe bet. Uh, they're both veterans, they're both really good, but I don't think they fit uh, the scheme of uh, Shannon. Both are uh, uh, brawlers, and He needs a mobile uh, tackle for that position, like Joe or like McGlinchey. And uh, I read something else this week. Uh, there's a backup um, tackle from the Eagles. Uh, I have to find his name, and uh, maybe we should trade for him because he fits uh, exactly what Shanahan needs. But you don't think school has potential? I, uh, I, I think school has a potential, but I think uh, it would have been better for him to be behind Joe for longer than two games. Uh, I think we will uh, throw him into cold water out there. Well, I know that Joe has said, Joe Staley has said that he is going to be coaching school as much as he possibly can on the position, and he's got pretty pretty great confidence in school so i'm kind of curious to see how it shakes out yeah it'd be interesting to see what what happens with with him and how you know and i think J joe says he wants to go into coaching eventually doesn't he um he'd be really good oh he? he'd be a great coach um, but then they said that again oh. and i'm going i know that frank gores also said that he wants to do it as well so <laughs> I, I, yeah I, we'll, we'll just I'm, i've got confidence I think we'll just have to see what, what happens, really. I, I think in the end, uh, it only counts next man up. That's true. That's the important thing. Mark Lyon says uh, Breda is a free agent at the end of the season. Do we think he'll get another contract, given that Kyle seems to be easily able to pick undrafted players to fill that role? I think he should, but uh, I don't know if he does uh, get a new contract. I think he should get a new contract, but then... Uh, The coaching staff around um, Kyle Shanahan likes players uh, who uh, showed their worth. I mean, 
Mark and Sutcher got a three-year contract uh, just be, just uh, for being a special team player. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Bre- Breezer shows his worth, and I think he, he will have the chance to get a contract. But, uh, of course, um, under uh, what Patrick Morate offers him. True. I say pay him. I, I think we need to, you know, I think we need to be a part of him. Um, he seems to be performing. Mm-hmm. He seems to be doing well. He's been doing well, you know, even in, you know, for the last few years, he's developed further, hasn't he, as a, as a player. Um, I, I think, you know, I've said it before, you know, McKinnon, it's a hard one because he's not been ready and then he's on IR again. So, yeah, I think it's, it really does attack. Obviously, we've got, you know, we've got Breeder. You say it's at the end of the season, it's got one more year, hasn't he? So, mm-hmm. so it, it's going to be, I, I think, it de- t- depends really on what happens at the towards the end of this year and how, where, where it goes from there, really. What, what you know, what how, how, how everything goes with, you know, whether or not McKinnon is able to come back. So, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Personally, for me, I am not vested in McKinnon. I have nothing against him. I just, I don't know him. I haven't, I haven't really seen him play. I haven't seen him in a Niner uniform. You know, he's been on IR for the last two years. I'm ready to move on from him already, unfortunately. No offense, Jet. Um... But I, I would love to see Breda as a part of this team long term. I think he's proven his worth just last year. He proved his worth. Um, I, you know, he is definitely the workhorse of that team last year with alongside Kittle. Um, and I think he is worth every dime we could throw at him. But that's just my humble opinion. What do I know? <laughs> what <do> you know? <laughs> I'm on your. I'm. I'm definitely on your side. Uh... I don't think we will see Jet McKinnon on the field again. I think we only kept him this year because a cap hit uh, mm-hmm. would be there anyway. Um, and I think we will get rid of him next year uh, when the cap hit isn't so high. That would make sense. Which is too bad. You know, you don't ever want to see a player go out on IR two years in a row, you know, and then get cut from a team. But it is a business. You know, and the business is winning. And um, I honestly, I think Breda gives us a really good chance of winning it all. Maybe not this year, although I would be okay with that. (laughs) I I, Honestly, I see Breda and Mostert both in front of Jet McKinnon. I can agree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So we do have another game coming up this Sunday, and the 49ers are actually returning to Santa Clara and open their uh, their home season uh, this weekend against the Steelers. Um, we kind of touched on the Steelers a little bit um, earlier, but this is the first time the Steelers will visit Levi Stadium. With, with, uh, with, with Vance McDonald. Which... <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I'm just thinking... Yeah, he was, he was our tight end. He's been here before. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he can lead yeah. the tours. Oh, yeah, could be very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, the, the last meeting in, in, in San Francisco was a candlestick uh, in 2011. Was it really? Blimey. Yeah. Yeah, and I've already mentioned Gore. 
a 23 uh, win with a five-yard touchdown run. Um, so, yeah, but not not you know not the same now. Obviously, we're going to have a, a little bit of a difference and everything. So, yeah, it could be could be interesting for first visit for the Steelers to Santa Clara. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, the Niners do have a slight lead on the all-time series, uh, leading the series 11-10, and 10, um, one win separating them. And their last meeting was a 43-18 win for the Steelers in 2015, with Antonio Brown having nine catches for 195 yards. Of course, he's not going to be visiting Santa Clara this year. Um, what do we see? We, don't, we know we don't have Roethlisberger. We touched on Randolph. Are the Steelers really on the decline? I think uh, on a decline is a bit harsh, but they they lost Antonio Brown, as you said. They lost uh, Le'Veon Bell. Now they lost uh, Roethlisberger, at least for the season. Um, I think that, that really hurts uh, the team and uh, because the three Bs uh, were uh, what kept them in the playoff run all the years. But they still have Juju Schuster and I, I have to say it, Vance McDonald, because <laughs> somehow he uh, lo- lost his dropitis in Pittsburgh. Must be the cold. <laughs> you know, they have real winters back there, so maybe that's it. It's the snow. Yeah, and I, I, I think it will be a close one. So offensively, the Steelers are 29th in the NFL with a 14.5 point per game average and 28th in total yardage with 284.5 yards per game. The Niners, however, are third with 36 points per game and seventh in total yardage with 414 per game. Now, granted, we're only two games into the season, but God, this feels good. Well, I just hope that, as I've mentioned before, I just hope that we, you know, we're able to um, contain, you know, the, the, the Steelers' defense and everything. They did seem to do quite a good job against um, Seattle and everything. Um, Yes, we open as you know six point five favourites for the game, but still gonna. I still think that they're gonna give us a game. You know, they're not gonna make it easy. And I think you know even Carl, Carl Shanahan's acknowledged that you know, no no win or, or no get games are given um, until you know <laughs> unless you're you know you're you're, you're prepared and you're, you're ready to to take it on. So yeah, I I'm, I th- I think we will. I think it's going to be a close close game, but I I think that we. I think we will win. Um, I, I think it's not. I don't think it's going to be by 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 you know loads. I don't think we're going to have a you know sort of a, a similar uh, situation to Cincinnati. Um, I think it's it is going to be a bit of a close game. But yeah, I I think we will win it. Uh, I think it will be a close game game too. But it's, I also think that we that we are seeing the Cincinnati effect again because. Against uh, Cincinnati, uh, the Seahawks won by one point, and we we had so much fear uh, of Cincinnati after that game. Then uh, Pittsburgh wins by uh, loses by two points, and we're we're already uh, talking about how strong they are. Um, I, th- I think uh, stats don't lie, and we will dominate that game, but. Uh, we won't make many points due to the fact that we don't have a left tackle at the moment. And that's going to be 
a key to our offense for sure is how well school plays if he does start um, at left tackle. And Michael, you had made the observation, I believe, before we started uh, recording that on paper, this looks like an incredibly winnable game. Um, my fear is when it looks like that on paper, we let our guard down and we do make sloppy mistakes and shoot ourselves in the foot. So what I'm going to be looking for in this game is the same thing that we saw in the Cincinnati game where it was clean and it was pretty polished and yeah, they made some mistakes, but they didn't hurt us. You know, they weren't, they weren't hurtful. They didn't, they didn't damage our chances of winning. Um, do I think they're going to win? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> but I, I also temper that with, I, Nathaniel, you're right. I think it is going to be closer than we expect just because we've got that. You know, we don't have Joe Staley at, at tackle. So yeah. how how productive are, is the offense going to be with the line as it is now? I think that um, one thing that we do need to acknowledge is that, um, you know, you do, do have some... Um, you know, kind of um, running backs that block. Um, I know that Carl's very um, happy with with guys that can block, which which he acknowledges is part of his you know kind of offensive plays at times, isn't it? So he's got people like you know kind of you got Breeder and you know Mostart and all these guys they can block, um, as well as you know kind of Kittle, and he did a lot of blocking in the last game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So I think. You know, obviously, we're just going to have to be more more reliant on on these guys, um, and hopefully, you know, yeah, Shannon can just he can he can uh, build you know build up a plan for us to you know go out and get this third third win. So the oh, go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of double tight end sets until uh, Joe Staley returns, just to help out the That's left tackle. Point. Well, so I think uh, it's safe to say that our predictions are that the Niners are going to win. Yeah, but not. <laughs> but, but I don't think it's going to be by the deficit. Yeah. We're thinking that it was, you know, when when we were playing Cincinnati. I think, but I guess probably, I, I'd say something like twenty-one to fifteen. But Michael thinks it's going to be a a blowout, or do you think it's going to be a little closer than yeah. that? I- I, I think it's it will be a close one, oh. but I think it's twenty four to twenty one. What about you, Cal? Um, you okay. Oh, you want me to pick a score too, huh? Uh, well, I definitely think the Niners are going to win. I I think I tend to agree with you that it's going to be a little closer, um, and I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. To be honest, um, I think we're going to have to adjust to the the two tight end set if they do run that, or have to adjust to. Um, Paying a little bit more attention to what's going on on the left side to protect Jimmy. Um, so I'm going to say 18 to 15 Niners. Anyway, okay, so let's move on. Uh, Nathaniel, do you have the results for last week's pick six? Right, so Kieran Walton, <laughs> yeah, he, he got the first pick um, six of the season. Um, Kieran's, uh, Kieran's selection as an accumulator would have paid 32-1 based on the odds on Sunday morning. Leads 16 and to host of people behind him on 9. Alright guys, guess what? I have two minutes on the clock. Are you ready to play the two minute drill? Here we go. I'm going to start the clock now. Alright, we'll start with Michael. With 572 yards on offense last week, can we put up these numbers against a wounded Steelers team? I 
don't think that we can that numbers, I hope, but I don't think, uh, as uh, Nathaniel said before, the defense uh, of the Steelers uh, ain't their weak point. Nathaniel, Quan Alexander was a standout versus the Bengals, earning him a place on Pro Football Fantasy's Team of the Week. Can he maintain this form, or will his ill-discipline surface again? No, I think he, he acknowledged that it was a mistake back in the, um, the, the, the Bucks game. I think Quan, Quan will, will continue to perform, and he's going to be a standout for us uh, in our defense. Awesome. Michael, do we trade for Jalen Ramsey, or are we good enough at cornerback? Ah, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> Talent-wise, we should trade for him, and but I don't think that his kind of being fits with our locker room. Okay. I think he can be a bit of a locker room cancer. I mean, a guy who publicly attacks his coach, his team, and his city, I don't think if we want to have that in our locker room. Nathaniel, Breda and Mostart equals the best running back combination in the league, yes or no? Uh, I would probably, that's quite a bold statement, I would probably say no, not, not at this stage, but definitely aiming, aiming that way. <laughs> uh, Michael, Jimmy G has a passer rating of 131.2 in this game. Will he be better this season? Better than that this season, excuse Same. me. I think that uh, would be one of his better pattern ratings this season. Uh, I, st- I still can't say where we see him because we didn't have a full season of uh, prove what he can do. And we are out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know that the German. <laughs> <laughs> but the German has a lot of good things to say. <laughs> I. I did that for you, Nathaniel. <laughs> so you didn't have to answer much. <laughs> so I get it for less. Okay, no, no, no. Wait a minute. One more. This is this is for me. This is for me. Who's the biggest miss in the NFL? Breeze or Roethlisberger? Breeze for sure. Breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with it. <laughs> all right. Anything else you guys want to cover? I think we've basically covered it all. No, I don't. I, don't, no, I haven't got anything. I just hope that we, you know, obviously we're able to go in with um, the same level of um, intensity, just build on from what happened last week. Um, I hope our, you know, guys turn up offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go Niners. <laughs> Michael, do you want to do you want to share information about your group and your podcast? Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. If that's okay. Um, if you understand, or yeah, if you understand German, you don't need to speak it. But if you understand German, uh, you can now listen to the podcast of the Niner Empire Germany, the Outside Zone Talk. Uh, we're recording usually the same day, like Frequency Forty Nine on Wednesday, and uh, we're mostly uh, online uh, one or two days later than that. And you can find us at Podbean, like uh, the Frequency 49 show, or you can find us at Spotify. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Michael. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. We'll have you back again. Nathaniel, as always, I enjoy speaking with you. Sure. Yeah, be great. (laughs) I think it's time to say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. 
Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Nathaniel James and, and uh, Michael Wandry, I'm Kat Victorino. I'm excited for some football. I hope you are too. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.